Hello, and welcome to Episode 9 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. Today, we will be discussing Aria 1 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you read the chapter before listening. So the news today is that there's actually a Game of Thrones nonfiction book coming out uh, that's oh. available. It's called Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon. It's by James Hibbard. Um, and it's an account on the show itself from the writing to the on and off screen struggles. And it even accounts how the writers won over Martin in the first place. Um, according to Ent- Entertainment Weekly, the book is based on hundreds of interviews with cast and crew, network executives, and other associated with the show um, from Benioff and Weiss to cast members like Kit Harrington, Amelia Clark, P- Peter Dinklage, and so on. Um, it's supposed to have uh, at least 70 behind-the-scene photos, and it's supposed to be coming October 6th, so it might be a cool little, like, uh, I see it as, like, a, a table book well, that you could have in your living yeah, room. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, is it's almost like a, a coffee table paper book. version of, like, a docu- documentary. Like, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool to read into, like, yeah. the... That'd be really interesting. All of, like, what what went into making the show. Like, I'm... Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm one of those people... the big thing, too, is how they won over... George, George R. 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 Martin, Martin to yeah. end up writing, you know, as we know, the last yeah. couple seasons were written by them and not by him. I'm yeah. excited to see books are going to be different than the last couple. I mean, how many seasons would be considered? It's like two. The last two. The last seasons. two seasons are the so the last two seasons are the show writers, but the books are going to be different. And I mean, I even remember when the last season came out, everybody was so like upset, you know, and. Mm-hmm. But Olivia, Chris, and I actually talked about how, like, literally George R. R. Martin wanted the ending of the book and the ending of the show to be different. So, yeah. like, because since the book is coming out after, he could literally do whatever he wants. Could be a completely different cliffhanger. Yeah, like, to I mean, I know everybody was mad about season eight, but it could be yeah. literally the complete opposite of whatever happened. I don't know mm-hmm. what happened in yeah. season eight yet. So, fun I think fact it'll about be, me, I think I don't it'll know be interesting it. to see the. Um, accounts of like what the the actors say. Yeah, yeah. Be if they give, are they? Did they say they're gonna give like? Oh, that would be awesome! Like straight in. Oh, they did. Yeah, they have interviews. Interviews yep. with the cast. I. That's awesome. Yeah, yep. that'll be cool. So for today's Martin message, I'm gonna do something a little bit different. Um. So as many of you know, unfortunately, we lost someone very special in the Game of Thrones community this past week. Um, Diana Rigg, who played Lady Olena Tyrell in the Game of Thrones TV show, passed away on September 10th um, due to some health issues that she was diagnosed with back in March. Um, So I want to read a little excerpt from Martin's blog that kind of honors her and her life. Um, He writes, The world of television and film lost a titan with the passing of Dame Diana Rigg. Such an amazing talent. It was such an honor to have her on Game of Thrones as the Queen of Thorns. I only had the chance to meet her once when I visited the first year she was on the show. As brief as that meeting was, I count that a rare privilege, a lovely lady, as great as she was as Elena Tyrell for me, and for most every other member of my generation, she will always remain Emma Peel. I looked up who Emma Peel was. Um, She was a spy character in the 1960s TV series, The Avengers. Um, we all know and love her as Lady Elena, but she was so much more to so many other people, and we will all definitely miss her. Um, and I kind of looked up a little bit of her background. Um, I learned a lot just from reading a few articles about her. 
She was born in 1938 in Doncaster, Yorkshire, England, um, but she spent her childhood in India and didn't return to England until she was about eight years old. Growing up in school, she was often cast in lead roles in her school's productions, such as A Midsummer's Night Dream. Uh, she made her professional debut in the Caucasian Chalk Circle and joined the Royal Shakespeare Company in 1961. Um, after that, she did some modeling and starred in some British TV shows in the 60s until she landed her role in The Avengers as spy Emma Peel. And this was like her big break. Um, and after this role on the TV show, she gained a huge following. Um, then she went on to act in some movies and TV shows, such as On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Theater of Blood, Jumpers, and more recently starred in Pygmalion in 2011 and the musical version of My Fair Lady in 2018. Just to name a few. Wow. <laughs> and of course, then in, in 2013, she landed the role of Lady Olena in Game of Thrones. Um, so she did so much more before being in Game of Thrones that none of us can realize or appreciate because we weren't around then. Um, so, yeah. Rest, Rest in peace. In peace. Yep. We will miss you. All right. So um, the questions from last week, we have your guys' answers. Um, the first one was, like Maester Lewin, what would you hide up your sleeves? Um, Emily said Q-tips. No one ever has them when you need them. <laughs> Why which, is that so true? <laughs> which I thought, I laughed at that. I was I like that. Um, <clears throat> Clayton said, I'd keep two, I'd keep Starburst, two packs. Yes. <laughs> as long as it's the red ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then Hannah said, definitely snacks. Yep. Um, the second question was, if you were in Catelyn's shoes, would you have forgiven Ned? Some of these are kind of long. Bear with me. Um, Emily said, short answer is no. Trust is obviously a huge thing in marriage. That being said, it might not hit as hard as a broken heart if I truly didn't love him yet, so it might be easier to forgive. But still, they were married for a year, which is long enough, and whether or not they're in love, having an affair wouldn't help the case and would probably prevent me from ever loving or trusting him to the fullest. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Clayton said, no, I wouldn't have, and it's not even like Ned was very forthcoming with info, so that'd make it even harder. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, and then Hannah said, I definitely wouldn't forgive. One, they had only been married for a year, and he had already majorly effed up. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe the love wasn't there yet, but if you do something like that so early in the relationship, it adds a huge barrier for you to develop love and trust. I'd have a really hard time even wanting to try and love someone who did that. Two, it's hella shady that Ned wouldn't even tell her about it. Like, who is this effort to think he is... <laughs> Sorry. Like, who is this effort to think he... He can go off, have an affair, bring home his bastard son, and only give the explanation of, he is my blood. No thanks. I 120% yeah. agree with that, Hannah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, and then the third question was, which of the children would you send to King's Landing versus keep at Winterfell and why? Emily says, I'd still send Arya to King's Landing because I think it would be amusing. She'd just stir the, stir the pot and continue to be herself no matter how <laughs> unacceptable or unladylike. May it, she may be. Sounds like Arya. I keep Sansa in Winterfell because Joffrey is the worst, and I think everyone should stay away from him. Yep. The others, I agree with. Agreed. Mm -hmm. um, Joffrey is the yeah. worst. Joffrey, ugh, ugh. I just can't. Um, Clayton said, I don't think I'd take any of the kids so that all the kids would be together. This is assuming that Joffrey isn't asking for Sansa to come, but as Emily, Emily said, he's a psycho and no one should ever be with him. I like that. 
Yeah. I didn't really think about like Keeping how it would affect the siblings if they were all like separated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hannah said, at face value, I'd keep everyone at home, including Arya and Sansa, so they can avoid all the horrors that they would have to live through. On the other hand, though, if they didn't go there and go through what they went through, would Sansa still be a brat and would Arya be forced to grow out of her badassness to become a lady? Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so before we get started, um, we want to tell you guys about a brand new comedy podcast called Who You Callin' Trashy. Um, co-hosts Sam and Manda get together and take you through their episode-by-episode coverage of today's most popular reality TV shows. Catch a brand new episode every Wednesday on Trash Day. I love that. (laughs) Um, They're awesome. I've listened to a few episodes and they are absolutely hilarious. Uh, Right now they are covering the Netflix show Love is Blind. I haven't seen it, but honestly, I would rather listen to Sam and Amanda because they're just awesome. Um, Have you guys seen Love is Blind? Yeah, I watched a couple episodes. Um, It's honestly really funny because, I mean... Obviously, you sit there and you're like, dude, you guys haven't seen each other. You've been talking for like a week. How are you going to get married? Okay. (laughs) So was the premise of the show like... Yeah, they literally sit in like little rooms. Each There's like um, a a girl's quarters and a boy's quarters. And then Mm -hmm. they like kind of meet in the middle, but you can't really get across to the other ones. But you go in and out of these different rooms... Like, and just kind of, it's almost like speed dating. They sit and talk for a couple minutes and kind of see who they have a connection with. And then they bring it, they like bring it down to like, oh, I only had a couple, like a connection with these two. So I'm only going to talk to these two for the next week. And then they pick one. Interesting. Interesting. It's, (laughs) it's like a guilty pleasure because I find it amusing, but I'm also sitting there like, this is, wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, how cool would that be if they covered like, like... Jersey Shore. Yeah. Or Keeping Up with the Kardashians. (laughs) That would be so cool. I would love to see their take on some of the... The reality. I love reality TV show. TV shows. Um, It's a guilty pleasure. It is. (laughs) For sure. Um, So you guys can listen to them on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. And then their website is www.whoyoucallintrashy.com. So make sure you go check them out. Um, and I'm going to post all of their info on our Facebook page so that you can find them. All right. Last episode, you know, we, Catelyn and Ned were discussing whether or not Ned was going to accept to be um, the hand of the king to Robert. Um, they discussed what would happen with their children if he were to accept. And Master Lewin came in and kind of interrupted the original conversation to kind of add to it. I mean, he made it a little bit more complicated with adding, giving Catelyn that letter that was from her sister and made the conversation about him accepting the hand of the king, like, that much more, I guess, interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. they were originally just talking about it and they didn't even know or didn't even suspect like anything bad happening. So yeah. So then when they found out that the Lannisters might be behind John's death, like I thought that was, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he makes it, Maester makes it a little bit more complicated. (laughs) Um, But at the end of all of it, Ned basically decides that he's going to have to be the hand of the King. Mm -hmm. He kind of, thinks, well, I don't really have a choice because I need to figure out what's going on. Okay, so today we're actually following Arya, and she's in a needlework class with her sister and Princess Marcella, along with a couple other girls. Um, And Arya 
then leaves the class to go and watch the boys sparring. Um, and she runs into her brother, John. And we see a glimpse into some of the attitudes of and some of the dynamics between Joffrey and Rob, Theon, also John and Arya, as well as uh, a bunch of other characters that are present during this whole sparring match that we're going to watch. So, Gabby, what are we drinking today? Um, we are drinking what is called Lamotte Chardonnay. Um, it's a South African Chardonnay. Ooh. So... This should be interesting. I like um, Chardonnay. Yeah, I mean, we like Chardonnay. We had a really good wine last time, but, you know, we're not going to hold a grudge if this doesn't measure up. <laughs> ASMR. ASMR. There you go. Oh, shoot. Oh, that's a lot. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Perfecto. I gave Chris a lot. Chris? drink it let's try it chris has work tomorrow but we're gonna get him a little a little tipsy pretty good pretty good pretty what did you say it's a good year (laughs) it's a good year (laughs) all right so as we said this is aria's point of view and she is my girl my favorite character um so she is pretty great yes she's awesome uh so i'm gonna do a character profile on her really quick she is the third child and second daughter of Lord Eddard Stark and Catelyn Tully. She is nine years old, and it's said that she looks more like a Stark than a Tully, with a long face, gray eyes, and brown hair. She is skinny and athletic and is generally regarded as plain. Um, she is spirited, loves fighting and exploring, and is particularly close to her half-brother, John. Um, she said... She is said to take after her Aunt Liana in her temperament, which is kind of fiery, and she often bites her lip. She is left-handed, quick, and dexterous. She has received a noble education from Maester Lewin and is said to be good with math and loves horse riding. So, and also this chapter has a lot to do with uh, Sansa, her older sister, so I'm going to talk about her a little bit as well before we dive in. So Sansa is the second oldest of the Starks, and she is traditionally beautiful, taking after the Tully family, her mom's side, with high cheekbones, vivid blue eyes, and thick auburn hair. She is 11 years old and has a tall figure, is graceful and womanly. Um, She loves music, poetry, singing, dancing, embroidery, and all those other traditional feminine activities. She loves um, songs and stories of romance and adventure, and particularly ones with handsome princes and knights and chivalry and love. Her best friend is Jane Poole, which we're going to meet in a second, and she loves lemon cakes. So that's something I love about her is like that's something that even in the show has held very strong. The lemon cakes mm-hmm. thing. She loves lemon cakes. She loves her sweets. She yes. got a sweet tooth. Okay, so. Arya is practicing her stitches with Sansa, along with Sansa's friends Beth Castle and Jane Poole, and Princess Marcella. And then um, Septa Mordain is overseeing their work, and Septa Mordain is just like a tutor for the Stark girls. Um, Septa Mordain kind of looks over at Arya's stitch work and starts comparing her stitches to Sansa's. And there's a little excerpt from the book that I wanted to read about 
Septimordain um, comparing their work. So it says, Sansa's needlework was exquisite. Everyone said so. Sansa's work is as pretty as she is, Septimordain told their lady mother once. She has such fine, delicate hands. When Lady Catelyn had asked about Arya, the Septa had sniffed. Arya has the hands of a blacksmith. Hmm. So. Not graceful. No, she's not graceful like, like Sansa is. And after she hears this, Arya gets really frustrated and sets down her work. And then she looks over and realizes that Sansa's kind of gossiping with Beth and Jane. And she goes over and she's like, what are you guys talking about? And they kind of, the other girls kind of just like giggle and blush, but don't really answer her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then Arya asks again, what are they talking about? And Sansa says, we're talking about Prince Joffrey. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Um, And then I want to read again from the book. Arya knew which prince she meant. Joffrey, of course, the tall, handsome one. Sansa got to sit with him at the feast. Arya had to sit with the little, fat one, naturally. Joffrey likes your sister, Jane whispered, proud as if she had something to do with it. She was the daughter of Winterfell Stewart and Sansa's dearest friend. He told her she was very beautiful. He's going to marry her, little Beth said dreamily. Then Sansa will be queen of all the realm. So, that's what they were gossiping about. (laughs) And Sansa kind of blushes after this comment. And then Arya noted that Sansa does everything so prettily. She even blushes prettily. And you hear a little bit of, like, resentment in her voice when she says this. And then the girls ask Arya's opinion of Joffrey. And she says, well, John thinks he looks like a girl. So, (laughs) I don't really have a high... Opinion of her. It's those blonde curls. Yeah, man. And after after Arya says this, Sansa kind of sighs and she goes, "Poor John. He gets jealous just because he's a bastard." <laughs> and Arya goes, "He's our brother, so relax." And then Sansa kind of corrects her and is like, "He's our half brother. Oh, Arya, not our brother. So relaxed. Yeah, no. so <laughs> relaxed. <laughs> no, I I like that." I like seeing Arya stand up for John. Yes, and it's kind of sad though because you see that Sansa does not respect John in the least because of his bastard status. So, but both of them, from what I'm seeing, both of them kind of feel the same way about themselves. They both feel like outsiders in the family. Yeah, so maybe that's why they get along so well. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, because John's the bastard and Arya's the kind of weird one, like quirky. Yeah. Yeah. tomboy. I mean, I kind of feel her because yeah. my sister growing up was always yep. dressed in the pretty stuff and yep. I was, I didn't want to. I mean, right now I'm wearing I, I was gonna masculine say the same thing. clothing. I'm I always love. like the friend that's like, eh, leggings, I'll put on leggings and a t-shirt. A t-shirt throw my hair in a big bun. bun. <laughs> yep, exactly. And, and so that's why I kind of feel like I feel like I relate to Arya. 100%. That's why she's my favorite character. Yeah. I relate with her the most. Yeah. Um, and then after all of this talk, Septimordain kind of interrupts their conversation, and she asks to see Arya's work. She go- she is not pleased with it, and everyone kind of looks over at Arya, kind of like they're sorry for her. And Arya gets really embarrassed about this and starts crying, and she kind of runs for the door. Septimordain then yells for her to come back, and she's like, where do you think you're going? And Arya's like, I have to go shoe a horse. And then she runs out of the room. Great excuse. Yep. All right. So. (laughs) Oh, it's a play on the blacksmith comment. 
Yeah. I just got that. Oh, crap. See, but him saying that just got that for me, too. Hmm? She said she has hands like a blacksmith. That's why she went, I have to go shoe a horse. Oh, so it was like, oh, it was I a like play that. She said it was like a kickback. So Arya must like have heard her say it. Yeah. very sarcastic. Like kind of snort. Oh. Like how if somebody were to be like, oh, well, you're so dramatic. I'd be like, well, I'm so dramatic, right? Good catch. Yeah, yeah that's a good like, one. It wasn't like, uh, I have to go see Just a man random. on a horse. Yeah. That, not that common. It was, I have to go shoe a horse because I'm very like, really really like I like that. Thank I you for that, too. Chris. Yeah. Um, so, you know, after that, she runs out and she's kind of in her head about stuff and we kind of get the inside look into her head and she's just thinking about how Sansa is two years older than her. So that's not a huge gap, but she still can, she still sews, she dances, she sings, and she writes poetry. Um, she also notes that Sansa, like, knows how to dress. I mean... And when we talk about Arya, like, just the whole tomboy thing, it kind of shows that she isn't in all of the fancy dress and, and you know, like, ladylike stuff. Like, she's more in, like, pants, leggings kind of thing so that she can move around freely and doesn't have to be mm-hmm. walking around and sitting all late. Like, that's why she's my girl. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I definitely get that. But so Sansa, she knows how to dress. She can play the harp. The high harp and the bells. And, I mean, Arya even comments. And this is this makes me sad because, I mean, again, something I can kind of relate to is she always kind of related and looked like her dad. But, like, mom is so beautiful and her sister got her mom's looks. And, like, when you think of... I mean, honestly, what girl is going to sit down and be happy about looking like her father. Because her father is male, you know? Mm -hmm. Dad is a boy, and then a daughter is a female. So she's like, oh, well, then do I look like a boy? Right. So she's probably overthinking that, you know, her older sister is this beautiful, looks like their mother, Mm -hmm. so ladylike, so regal, Mm -hmm. and she is just, like, she's kind of, I don't want to say a slob, but I think that that's kind of what she looks at it like, is like, I'm just like... They just have a different style, you know? She's so much rougher than her. Yeah, they have a different style. So, and that's going off of the fact that Sansa has the face of the Tullys. um, Arya has always related more and looked like more like Ned. So the Starks have that long, long face. Mm -hmm. And so Arya, as a kid, was always called horse face, just like Olivia mentioned. But the funny thing is, is that Jane, who is Sansa's like, dearest friend. Mm-hmm. Best friend. Is who gave Sansa's younger sister mm-hmm. that nickname. And I think that's messed up in itself, is that your older sister's best friend is making fun of you. I think that yeah. that could put a whole bunch of internalized stuff in her brain just She's not there. backing up her sister. I yeah, was going to exactly. say, and Sansa doesn't even stand up say for anything. her little sister. Yeah. So... After thinking of all of that, she kind of thinks, well, the only things that I can do better than my sister are ride a horse and manage a household. Because as we said, she's very good in math. So she kind of comments that Sansa's not good with numbers. Mm -hmm. And she hopes that for Joffrey's sake, he has a really good stewardess (laughs) who can take care of the household because (laughs) Sansa will not be the one. (laughs) She, I mean, probably would run the house right into the ground because she is not very... Yeah. 
So after Arya is, you know, like Arya's having all these thoughts, but she's walking and she's going to the bottom of the stairs and the wolf kind of interrupts her thoughts. But she kind of realizes that Nymeria is waiting at the bottom of the stairs for her and she has the thought of, well, if nobody else loves me, at least my wolf pup does. Um, and I actually, the name Nymeria is, she named her because the warrior queen of Roin actually led her people across the narrow sea. And it was this huge scandal. Um, you know, she thought of it as this great thing though. Like she, she probably is remembering all the stories her parents have told her kind of thing. And that's Mm -hmm. why she's seeing Nymeria as this great warrior. Yeah. And I I have something to add about when we talk about the Roin, what that actually means. So there is a place east of Westeros, think about west, east, and it's called Essos. And the Rhoyne is a huge river. I'm almost thinking of it as the Nile. It almost looks like the Nile, looking at this picture. Mm-hmm. And it runs from the Bravosian coastlands. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Bravos. So, Bravos. And it goes all the way down into Volantis. So, it runs along the entire flatland section. And it's been quoted, I guess, several times, or it's We've going to be about quoted. The Rhine, yeah. yeah, but Tyrion Lannister called it the greatest river in the world, and they said, Mother Rhine waxes so wide that a man upon a boat in the center of the stream cannot see a shore on either side. And it looks pretty big. So that's what yeah. the Rhine is when we talk about that. And, and uh, yeah, and um, I, on that, I also found something it says right here. Um, the region of the Free Cities extends from the western coastline to the Forest of Coar and the mighty River Roin in the east, and it separates them from the Dothraki Sea and the Kingdom of Sarnor. So it's massive. It's a, yeah, and so, they look pretty big. Yeah, so just to give you guys a little fun little fact, I mean, we kind of just literally worked that out for ourselves because... I mean, we've heard the Roin before, but we never really... I mean, me. Per, I guess I can't talk for... Chris and Olivia, but I, as somebody who hasn't even finished the series yet, I didn't know. And I've seen I didn't the know yeah, that same. the Roin was on the other continent where we were just talking. Was it the two episodes ago about the Targaryens? I think so. Episode like it was the first Daenerys. It was yeah. the first so Daenerys the first episode. episode. We yeah. talk about how they're roaming around all the free cities, and I we just we just discovered that Roin is. The Roin the, the River, yeah, is in the middle of all of the yes. free cities. So we just yeah. kind of placed it, just you know, but point, yeah. we, side point, we just figured that out. <laughs> so after that, she kind of, um, she meets up with her wolf and she kind of rolls her eyes after thinking about what her wolf's name was af- named after. Well, Sansa is so much better than her, right? Well, of course she had to name her dire wolf Lady. Lady. Because she's just so ladylike. <laughs> you know? She's so ladylike. I mean, I literally feel like I've looked at my sister personally and been like, of course you had to do that. <laughs> so I see Arya looking at her sister like, mm, whatever, of course. Of course you did that. Mm-hmm. So after that, Arya then goes... And finds John at the practice yard, finding um, John watching Bran Stark and Tom and Baratheon practicing their sword fighting, their sparring. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of people around kind of cheering them on and giving them encouragement. Um, and John kind of makes a joke about sword fighting and says, like, oh, this is just a shade more exhausting than needlework, huh? Well, 
Aria, being Aria, comes back with, mm, how about a shade more fun than needlework? <laughs> so, I mean, I just think I added a little point here where I think this just shows Sansa would rather be, you know, do, in needlework need and doing all of the lady jobs. And Arya's <laughs> like, no, I want to be out where the swords are, you know? Like, she's so much more interested in fighting and being... yeah. With the boys. Yeah. With the, with the boys. Um, and then on page 72, we're going to talk about a little um, interaction between John and Arya that I kind of liked. Um, it says, John grinned, reached over, and messed up her hair. Arya flushed. They had always been close. John had her father's face, as she did. They were the only ones. Robin, Sansa, and Bran, even little Rickon, all took after the Tullys, with easy smiles and fire in their hair. When Arya had been little, she had been afraid that this meant that she was a bastard too. It had been John that she had gone to in her fear, and John had reassured her. So I think that's huge because I think it shows just how much of an outcast Arya felt like. Yeah. Because, I mean, if she literally looks like her bastard brother, mm -hmm. she's probably going to think... I mean, I have to be honest. If it were me with a whole bunch of kids, like a whole bunch of siblings, and there was one who didn't have the same mom as me, but I looked like that one, I'd probably be like, okay, wait a minute. Did you have two kids with that mom? Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's probably unsure, but I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, that doesn't mean, I think she just, I think it's an awesome thing that she took after Ned. If I'm being honest, if I was a Stark kid, I would want nothing against Catelyn. I would want the Stark looks. I think that I would want the Stark looks. They got some strong jeans. They got some strong jeans in there. And I mean, Ned is just so... He's, Ned's just awesome. I don't know. I love Ned. Um, but after that, Arya kind of says, John, like, why aren't you down there practicing your sword fighting? Mm -hmm. And John actually tells her that bastards aren't allowed to practice their sword fighting with the young princess. Because Joffrey was down. So Joffrey... And also Joffrey, Tommen. Yeah. Joffrey, um, Joffrey and Tommen are both princes for the Baratheons. Um, and so if John was down there practicing with them, if he were to give them any kind of injury or bruise or anything, it is not allowed... I mean... To come from a bastard. Yeah. Like, bastards can't hurt. Yeah. Even in practice, cannot hurt one of the young princes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, obviously they have very strict views. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny then because then Arya kind of comments and says, well, I can be as good, if not better than Bran, and I'm only two years older than him. <laughs> so she's, you know, <laughs> she she's thinks. Like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> she thinks she's big and bad, which, to be fair, foreshadowing. Arya's kind of a badass, mm -hmm. but it's kind of cute to think now that she's, like, that confident that she's like, well, I can be better than some of these boys, even my brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love that. So, John kind of looks at her and says, mm, you might be a little too skinny, and kind of pinches her arm to feel her muscles, <laughs> quote-unquote, and, I mean, is basically saying that there's nothing there. Um... And then he kind of says, oh, do you see Prince Joffrey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then Arya's looking for Joffrey, and he stands out pretty well. Um, 
And she sees him in the shade, surrounded by his guards and squires, so he's got, like, a posse of people around him. Um, and he's, of course, in the shade, because he's a prince. Um, and they kind of make remarks on his surcoat, and so if anyone doesn't know what a surcoat is, so it's a loose robe worn over an, uh, over armor, a sleeveless garment worn as part of an insignia of an order of knighthood, or an outer coat of rich material. Um... <clears throat> So they kind of comment on the fact that Joffrey has this embroidered Lannister lion on his chest, this big lion. And John quickly makes a comment. He's like, he makes his mother's house equal in honor to the king's. Because he's wearing his mom's sigil on his chest, but he's a Baratheon. Mm. So that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. He should have a stag on his chest. Right. right? Um, and then John makes this pretty good quote. I like this one a lot. I don't I took a lot from this one. Girls get arms, but not swords. Bastards get swords, but not arms. I didn't make the rules, little sister. So he's basically saying, you know, bastards are allowed to pick up swords, but they can't have a house behind them. And girls are allowed to have a house behind them, but they're not allowed to pick up a sword. So I took a lot from that one. It's yeah. kind of interesting as a layout. Um, so as he's saying this, Bran get, Bran knocks Tom into the ground, um, and they finish up their little sparring match. And then Joffrey has to, <laughs> Joffrey has to start in, um, and he comments that this is just a silly child's game. And, <laughs> you know, we didn't like Greyjoy before, but Greyjoy kind of chimes in and he goes, well, you're all kids, so... This is a child's game. That's what children play. Is okay, so game. a little bit of props to Theon yeah. for Theon, that. Theon be like, but your kids. Putting him in his place. Putting him in his place, which I thought was pretty good. Um, but then Joffrey starts calling out Rob and saying, well, you're a kid and I'm a prince. So you're um, obviously playing kid games and I'm a prince. Little um, introduction. Aren't they, isn't Joffrey younger than Rob? Isn't Joffrey 12 and Rob is 14? Hold on, I'm going to go I look. think so. Because we just talked about it where... Well, that's interesting considering what's about to happen. Well, and he just said, "I'm, uh, you're a child, I'm a prince. He also calls him young. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, how old? He's still Let two me years look. younger than yeah. Rob. Joffrey age. Because from what I remember, I mean, I just described it when the... For the feast, the Lannister's feast. Yeah, so while you, while you look that up. Rob calls him out for and and says that he would beat him again. So apparently they've already done sparring. And oh, Rob has already kicked Joffrey's butt. <laughs> um, and Joffrey, of course, makes a bad joke, and all the Lannister men laugh. Yes, what is Joffrey's age? He's twelve. He's twelve, ah, and Rob is fourteen. And Rob is fourteen. We yep. know that Rob is fourteen because John is fourteen, and they're the same age. Right. So yes. Joffrey. Makes a bad joke, and the Lannister men start laughing, just kind of backing him up. Um, and John makes the comment, Joffrey <laughs> truly is a little shit. And uh, Joff- John and Arya kind of laugh. Um, so Joffrey suggests real blades, and Rob agrees that, yeah, sure, let's go. We want to do real blades, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Master of Arms, Sir Roderick, steps in and goes, that, nope, not, we're not doing that. We're doing sparring blades. Yeah. Um, we're not using real blades. And... Joffrey's little henchman over here, Clegane, um, and they describe him as the man with burn scars, steps forward for Joffrey. So we already know he's there, and they, we talked to him about, about him before. He's also known as the Hound. Yeah. Um, and 
he feels the need to bring up that he's killed a man with a real blade and who's 12 years old. So why can't Joffrey oh. and Rob go ahead and spar? Well then. And Roderick goes, yeah, no, still, I'm not, not I'm gonna not going to, not going to happen here and now because that's just Was, dumb. was Rob like down to use real blades? Like? Yeah. Ro- oh, Rob I was, was ready say, to fight. Rob I said, if Rob, you want to, then go ahead. Yeah. And I see Rob as now. very like, yeah. Oh, that's what you want to do? Well, bet. Yeah, I got uh, you. If you want to use real blades, I'll use them. And then, so then Joffrey, of course, mocks him, saying that he's younger, that he's a child. Um, okay. Um, and the Lannisters again laugh at Rob. So Rob's pride like is pretty said, bruised here. Rob is older than Joffrey. Doesn't make any sense, but it's Joffrey. So what do we know here? Yeah. Um, Rob's pride is pretty bruised by this, and he gets pretty heated, and so he kind of like. Steps up to Joffrey like he wants to fight him. But Theon steps in and holds Rob back until Joffrey leaves. And Joffrey leaves in like a typical jerk fashion, laughing and making fun of Rob. Yeah. Um, so then we go back up, you know, now we're out of the pit. Now we're up to John and Arya. And so John and Arya are overlooking this whole thing. And, and um, John goes, you, you should probably return to your room because... You're probably in trouble. You know that, right? And Arya just kind of scoffs and is like, all right, yeah, maybe maybe I should. And it's... Um, but Arya says, it's not fair. Uh, and then John comes back and says, nothing is fair, Arya. But it doesn't mean you, you still have to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as Arya goes to leave, who does she see? Is Septa Mordain and her mother waiting for her. Uh-oh. So, oh, God. Somebody's you in trouble. <laughs> you are grounded. Yeah. So that is how the chapter ends. Um, but we have some discussion questions. I love the discussion questions. Uh, Bring them on. Would you rather do needlework or sparring? Sparring. Uh, sparring. S- sparring. Easy. I mean, needlework sounds well, boring. I will say, we. I'm very stuck in the middle because sometimes I can be very girly. And sometimes I'm like, no, I want to get some dirt on me. <laughs> you know? So, like, I mean, I think it would probably depend on the day. I would get way yeah. too bored too quickly with needlework. I think I would Something have to boring. be with friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It couldn't be like, oh, I'm sitting alone and then, like, the other group is over there gossiping. I would have to be part of the group that's gossiping. I feel like I don't have the attention span to sit there <laughs> and stitch. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could do Yeah, that. it's no. just... It's a lot. I mean, it's kind of complicated. I would just want to watch the sparring, I think. Not even being in it. I think watching yeah. would be really I, entertaining. I'd oh, Tom really? I was... I would mean, be no. sparring. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would be in there with my fake sword, like... <laughs> don't get me wrong. I would love to be sparring, mm. but I think it'd be very entertaining. Oh, yeah. If I were in this time period, in the books, if I was Arya... I think it'd be very entertaining to see Rob and Joffrey yeah. like go at it. I think yeah. that's why John was there. Yeah. It's good to watch. He's very watch and he's like, oh, I'm gonna watch this. It's about to go down. So what is our <laughs> opinion on Joffrey right now? Hey. Olivia wants to go first. She's very eager. She's yes. got her hand all the way up. Y'all can't see it, but I right. see it. In the words of Jon Snow. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> he is truly a little shit. <laughs> I completely exactly. agree with that, John. He's two years younger than Rob, calling him a little kid. Like, like who kids are you, games. bro? Shut up. I will say, like, with obviously, I don't want to give. I don't want to give anything away, but we can already kind of see who Joffrey is. We're starting to see that he yeah. is very pompous. He's yeah. very pompous. Knuckles. 
Good fucking. He's pompous. <clears throat> Knuckles. Good yeah. word. Um, I think it's funny because like he's literally sitting there just thinking. I don't know. I see it because he's from the moment he walked into when we were talking about the feast where John got tipsy and he was all emotional. I mean, Joffrey literally was noted as walking in completely unsatisfied, thinking he was better than everybody. Yeah. And I think that's where he first showed, like, the person that he is. Like, he didn't even have to talk. Like, just his face and his demeanor, I think, has shown before he even has gotten the chance to show us who he really is. I just think, I mean, as you said, I was going to say, he, like, when he was walking into the feast, you saw him, like, Looking down, like yeah, I'm so much he better than this place. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so the last gross. question is, what do we think Arya's punishment was? Oof. I probably think I think she was just grounded. I think she was grounded. She wasn't allowed to go do what things. Would I, grounding but listen, listen, listen knowing, period. listen, knowing just Arya be though. In your room. <laughs> go ahead. Both of you, <laughs> knowing Arya. She probably would like sneak out of her room and like right. find stuff to do. Oh, for sure. Her grounding? No, yeah. no. Forget that. Yeah, I'm not gonna that. listen. I think, she, I think she's just grounded. She's such a rebel, bro. You're not allowed to play with non-girly ground- things. I was gonna say, how would they ground yeah. somebody yeah. in this situation? Like, yeah, what I think would they, they just do? put her in her room. Because now, but that's the thing is, what about why don't they like, put her events? in a cell? Oh, and wow. <laughs> You're grounded for an hour but in the like, cell. Well, wow. that's harsh. It well, is a little harsh. I'm saying if she sneaks out of a room Dang, all the time. Chris. Might as well put her in a cell. Homeboy's a little harsh. You don't want to be Chris's daughter. Well, they're not giving, like, lashings because you skipped out on needlework. <laughs> She's work. a lady of Winterfell. They would not lash they're her. They're not going to lash her. So I I'm, think that if they were going to take anything away. They're probably just going to ground her. I think if they were going to take anything away, I would think, like, writing. Or they would make her do needlework for, like, like four re- hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Something she needs. You have to do needlework till your fingers bleed. Yes. <laughs> keep it. on stitching. Yeah. That's your punishment. Just keep going. You, you need to make an do entire else. dress. Yes. Until it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> keep stitching. But they That'd wouldn't be make her do that so because funny. her needlework is horrible. Oh, my God. The dress would look yeah. atrocious. <laughs> Got the hands but of the that would be her punishment. She has to sit there until the dress is perfect. And then she has to wear the dress. Yeah. <laughs> so That's you it. are going to be embarrassed if it looks like crap, little miss. <laughs> God. I think she would just stroll and then be like, well, I have the hands of the blacksmith. So. She'd right. be like, look how good this looks. I was shooting the horse, but... <laughs> okay. Before we get too into just roasting Arya yes, here. I think we need to be done. Okay. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media. On Facebook, we are Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. And on Instagram and Twitter at Game of Wines 1. And also on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. Um, next episode, we will be discussing Brand Chapter 2. So make sure you read that chapter before next week. Thanks, guys. Yeah.